What if business could be fun? This podcast is for people who no longer want work to be a four-letter word. It is a comedic look at the myths of work, life, and balance, where we expose the kind of thinking that sucks your will to live, and we replace it with powerful, easy-to-use tools so that you can shift gears and laugh about it all. The only requirement to listen is you need to be human. Cool. And so I wanted to do a quick intro of you, Kathy, because it's always easier to speak highly of somebody else than yourself, I think. But Kathy Keegan is an amazing coach. Her mission in life is to end all suffering in the workplace. And she is one of the funniest and most delightful people I've ever had the you know, gift to get to know. I've known her for about a year and a half. And we got to work together in a couple of different ways. And I just, every time we worked together, we were just cracking ourselves up, but also sharing a lot of wisdom and insight because this is not our first rodeo. And so that's one of the reasons we were like, oh my gosh, let's do a podcast and share what we've learned and how we've done all this amazing work. And yet we're still human (laughs) and (laughs) finding that balance, you know, so anyway, that's Kathy Keegan. You'll know more about her, but I'm just so honored to be partnering with her with our Unpodcast. And may I say, I am thrilled to be working with Elaine Williams, who is unbelievably hilariously funny, has had a long career in comedy, uh, theater, movies, you name it. She's actually in one of my favorite movies ever. And I love working with her because she sees the best in everybody. She's able to find it, see it, and help you grow it. And she has helped me bloom in my own career, and I'm super grateful for that. What else can I say about you aside? Well, there is the whole landlord thing. (laughs) I'm sure that will come out. That'll come out later. Um, but but for now, just she, you know, Elaine. I have I have only good things to say about Elaine. And then what happens is I need a thesaurus because I run out of words, and then I start making <laughs> sounds, and the sounds aren't really super helpful necessarily. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you. I'm sure more will be revealed as we as we unfold. But yeah, so um, you know, I shared a little bit about why I wanted to do this, just because. We make each other laugh, and we have so much wisdom, life experience, but also lots of training. Do you want to add anything else about your why, like why you wanted to do this? Oh, absolutely. So my mission is to end needless workplace suffering one person at a time, because a person can make a huge difference in a work environment. And I say needless suffering because there are things that happen that are just part of the course of business or life in general that are not necessarily avoidable. But there are so many times that we as humans shoot ourselves in the foot. (laughs) And, you know, that you brought it up earlier when you were talking about the whole human part, that no matter how masterful we get in the careers we're doing and we're engaged in, we still will get that wake up call that reminds me, right, still human, you have to experience this. And by experiencing it, it helps us develop the tools because with our training, we can come up with tools to help people process and help mm-hmm. us through. It's so great. You know, I think of just awesome. So yeah, I'm just going to jump in. Like I've been like, and I've been purposefully not calling you because I just wanted to save up my energy for this, 
you know, because I know I'd be like, um, so I wanted to jump in. I feel like so much of life is about the reframe, you know, and I know I'm so grateful that I did the landmark forum in November of 1997 and had my first like, and I saw, I knew, I knew I needed to forgive my family for all the dysfunction and alcohol and stuff, but I didn't know how. And I had a huge shift in that course. And then I kept going and I'm so grateful. And then after that, I got sober and, you know, there's a whole thing there. But, but um, even though I really have transformed my life and where I came from, I have also used some of my training against myself unconsciously. And, and I always, that's where I always come from is learn from my mistakes, kids, you know, and that's why I would go around. I traveled around, um, 41 States, Australia, Canada, and the U S to share my story of addiction and assault. Um, not to make myself feel better, although that's part of the thing, but to hopefully teach others that they don't have to make those same mistakes, you know, and I've always tried to use humor with whatever I do because it just makes it more fun. But, but I hope for this program, for this unpodcast, that I can do the same of like, I've made so many mistakes as a coach, with boundaries, as a landlord, as an entrepreneur. And I'm so happy to share so that people can learn from my mistakes and hopefully be more creative with their mistakes. I mean, you know, you're going to make mistakes if you're stretching and growing and reaching you're going to make mistakes or that's just part of the game. But, um, you know, if you can maybe make slightly less expensive mistakes or whatever from this, I mean, that's one of my reasons. Yeah. I think of strategic mistakes. Um, (laughs) And there's so much, and what you're talking about, Elaine, it's so juicy. There's so much there. Uh, The sort of the idea of let me have done that for you. And to a certain extent, you know, there is the, the act of doing. And one of the ways that we start to learn what we need to learn is by doing it. You can think about it and talk about it all you want, but it's not the same as actually being engaged in it. And that's where the hard part is. You, know, you talk about the mindset change, which for me, I grew up with a fixed mindset. And a fixed mindset is basically a label that says, I am this. And so if I am this, I need to be this all the time. Mm. I am this does not allow for practice, for trying, for effort, for anything. All it is is it has perfection built into it. Mm. And it is such a setup because what I would do was people said, Kathy, you have a beautiful voice. I'm I'm an opera singer. Um, And I thought, okay, good. That means I have to have a beautiful voice every single time. And so a lot of pressure, it's a ton of pressure and I'm just a kid. And so I'd go and I'd start to rehearse and I'd warm up and in the background, someone in the family would be like, you're singing flat. And so again, there was this whole emphasis on it should just come out perfectly. Mm. And when you're raised that way, you have no idea about the how to, because that's what you're really getting at is what does it look like? You know, someone like you gets on the stage, you look like a million bucks and you just, you nail it, you kill it. And yet inside there's a whole other universe of stuff going on that you do in order to prepare. And so oftentimes we compare our insides with people's outsides. Yep. Compare despair, baby. Yep. And then we think I couldn't possibly do that. 
when in fact, you know, I remember someone saying to me, we were doing a recital, uh, it was a master class years and years ago. And I get up and I sang. And when I got down, this woman didn't particularly care for me. (laughs) So she said to me, she said, you just don't get nervous, do you? And I looked at her and I said, I've been to the bathroom 11 times. I couldn't pee for another 24 hours. And besides, if I look nervous, why would you ever want to hear me sing? That's not what people are going for, right? You don't want to go see a comedian who's like completely breaking down on stage. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wait a minute. (laughs) I can show her my flop sweat. It's not pretty. uh, It is messy and sweaty and woo, yeah. Does does flop sweat smell different from regular? Because I know I've seen these ads lately. Interesting. Yeah. Not fun. But no, that's great. You know, I, I think that's one of the reasons I I wanted to do this too, is to share, um, you know, it's so easy, especially with social media, to get into compare despair. And people can make it look like they are just killing it with their businesses when maybe they're not. And, and, and you know, Sandra Yancey talks about don't compare your beginning with my middle or even your middle with my ending, you know, like I'm, I feel like I've been in the beginning for a long time. And um, that's another thing I, I love about working with you is you talked about Kathy's speed, <laughs> so, you know, and, and that's another thing I want to share is like, I've done all these awesome programs, learned a ton, met some amazing people. I'm still implementing stuff, but one thing they didn't tell me was it takes about five to eight launches before you actually make money. And, and I get it from a marketing point of view. If you tell people, oh, this is going to take a long time and you're going to fail a lot, most of us would be like, okay, taxi, right? Like, <laughs> you know, and thank God we don't know how hard it is. Thank God we don't know how hard it is to be a parent. People would stop doing that. Stand-up comedy, thank God I didn't know how hard that industry was. I didn't know how hard it was for me to move from Austin, Texas to New York City knowing one person. Um, thank God, you know, it was just like one day at a time, you know. But um, I, I think that's so great. It's so, you know, that's one reason I, I ground myself from social media if, if I'm not spiritually fit. And I have to remind myself it's curated material even the real raw live videos are curated and and it's so easy to forget that just like photoshopping when they put christy brinkley on the cover of god knows whatever magazine and they go she's still beautiful and amazing yeah she has the funds to have plastic surgery and botox and all the things not to mention photoshop editing but we can forget that in a New York second. And so that's one of my goals is just to be real and raw and, and, you know, learn from my mistakes, but, you know, compared to spare is, can just really um, send you into uh, the toilet. Definitely. Um, You know, it's, it's a, you know, I, one of the things that I went through was a period of time where I was very presentational so, and maybe <laughs> it's also a corporate persona. And what can happen though is with some of these is that they then become shells or they become armor and it's hard to get it off, you know, yeah. to, to take that, that 
off because you think, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just doing this. And there was. I had in the corporate world, which I'm actually grateful for. So I just want to say right now that I don't, I'm not putting anything down about corporate. It taught me a tremendous amount. Me too. And at the same time, there were the challenges that exist that, that, that we all know about. And which is some of what we're going to try to address here to help create these workplaces where people are communicating better. And um, but I, I can remember um, just wanting to be heard, but thinking I needed to talk the way those people talked. Um. So I would use buzzwords, but then I had a character. So it was like corporate Kathy. <laughs> and so it wasn't really even me. And so then I found when I get out, you know, uh, when I get out, <laughs> I was released. When you broke out. <laughs> um, I no, I again. All right. So there is a little part of me that feels like I did escape. Okay. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, we, we have to be real about that. Right. You're all, baby. I think everybody relates like that with any job. There's a little part of that. And uh, I just remember thinking, oh, I'll just take this off and I'll, you know, just move on, you know, and be <laughs> open and, and all of that. And like you, I've done a lot of programs. I've, in, I've invested a lot of money in myself, which I'm so grateful that I've been able to do that. I've learned a ton from it. Some of it was difficult. And, you know, the other thing to remember is it part of the, the talking about the realistic aspect of what it's like to start a business to be in business is there are things that are hard. There always are. And there it's just as hard to stay curled up in a ball at home and being afraid to leave and go out the door as it does to make some of these kinds of more public, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that both are equally hard, you know, so you, you do get to choose. And, and, and the other thing I want to say too, is that it doesn't all suck. In fact, a lot of it's really fun. Ooh. Ooh. You know? I mean, I think that's really important because, you know, when we're having a conversation, so you and I are having this conversation right now, there are so many different angles. Angles. I'll say that again. Angles. Not angles. Her, her. <laughs> There's so many different angles and points of view when we have a conversation. You see this right. on TV all the time. You see four different conversations happening. Um, it's people are seeing something from a different lens. And so in one moment, we might be talking about the pain of what it was like to do some of these things. At the same time, there was also a lot of fun and a lot of learning and a lot of interest. And so it's all what you focus on. So, mm. so I, I don't know another way to describe that except to just sort of remind me that there are a lot of different ways to look at our experience and how we do things. I love it. I love it. And that makes me think of, um, you know, it's so funny. I was like, what if we run out of things to say? It's like, <laughs> you know, camping, Keegan, are you kidding? It's great. We may, we may have to be like, these can only be one and a half hour podcast. No, I'm just <laughs> but, um, you know, and I realize, you know, it takes a lot of ego to, um, be a stand up comic to say, okay, I'm going to walk into a room of strangers and try to make them love me. <laughs> it takes a lot of ego and it takes a lot of ego to have your own business. And at the same time you need it, but you got to keep it in check. And that's one reason I love spiritual work and yoga and meditation. Cause it helps me because I have this big ego 
because there is a part of me that's insecure and I'm still dismantling things, you know? Um, I am Aunt Elaine. It's the best role. I love this role. And I have always wanted to be like Auntie Mame. She walks in the door and she has fabulous parties and clothes and she goes on extravagant trips. And, you know, I have not been able to totally manifest that for various reasons. And so I just um, got to go to a family trip to Nashville and it so did not look how I wanted it to look, you know? Um, and I, you know, and my ego has all of the, you know, it's like my little alien voice. It's, why'd you do that? You're so old. You know, that critic, we all have it. Some of us have a committee. Some of us have lots of different things, but, you know, and, and I could go on and on about all the things that were wrong with the trip and my expectations of the trip. And yet at the end of the day, I had to process this. I showed up for my family the best I could. I showed up for my niece and nephew and my sister and this other family that I'm like Auntie Lane with too. And it was short. It was teenagery, but you know, it wasn't how my vision was, but I did it to the best of my ability with the resources, time and energy that I have right now. And you know what? It was still great. It was not perfect. It was not my original intention, but it was, you know, the intention is to show up for these people that I love and to be the role of Auntie Lane, which is the fun, supportive, positive aunt to the best of my ability and still be real and raw. And I did it. And, and so at the end of the day, that's what you can do, you know, whether with a client, with a colleague, with a podcast, a speech, is show up and give it your all with the best you are in that moment, in that day. And, and so I think, um, you know, my ego, my Facebook curated vision did not happen. But you know what? I had a connection and a feeling from the inside out, and that's, that's what I can do. Wow. Um, the, the, the inside connection and a couple of things. The inside connection and also the tools that you were talking about, the toolkit that each of us mm. develops. I have a tool warehouse <laughs> enough that it can be a tool warehouse, but, but that's what allows you to be able to pivot and show up. Mm. Those, the tools that you've developed, meditation, yoga, whatever those are, um, and by having them as part of how you are, it allows you to be able to shift your energy in a given moment and just sort of say, because those that committee will show up completely unannounced, so rude. They don't even send a card. <laughs> yeah. and, and it can really completely shift how you feel. And so to be able to, in, in just a moment's time, have an awareness and say, how am I going to shift out of this? Mm. And all this stuff takes seconds. It takes longer for us to verbalize it and describe it. But that's part of what the process is, is that as you develop these tools, it's not that these things don't happen, that your expectations aren't met. Like I heard an expression, expectations are premeditated resentments. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, sister. So, you know, and so, but to be able to have a tool and to recognize, oh, you know what? I know where this is going. So this is what I'm going to do. You know, and this yeah, is a little action I can take. And, and I have to say for anybody who's listening, even if it's just, Ed and 
Brennan? Oh, yes, there are super fans. Super we have, we do have a fan club already, but that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast with you, Kathy, because when we were working on stories and stuff, your insights and wisdom about human behavior in the workplace was, I had, I mean, I got so much out of it, even though I was helping you with your stories, every call we did, my mind was like, you know, because I think it's human nature. We, you know, we come to a job or work or whatever we're doing, you know, with good intentions. And then we have to work with other humans. Oh my God. <laughs> and stuff shows up and we make things mean things about ourselves or other people. And we don't even happen so fast, right? How many thoughts do we have a minute? And it happens so fast. And before you know it, you can have people pigeonholed and not flattering things. You can make negative stuff about yourself, which is, I have been the internalizing negativity, you know, spiral shaming queen for a long time, especially in work stuff. Right. Here I am. And, and so that's one of the things I wanted, you know, I've had like six different people want to do podcasts with me, but this is the first one that has felt right. Like from my gut, because, um, and I'm not saying, I mean, everyone else was great, but this just feels really right. And I just feel like you have so much to offer because we're right. Like we can't, we can't, I want to change the world, but right now I can't. And I want to change. I've always wanted to change my work culture and that's really exhausting. But you know, if I can shift my internal world then I can, that's something I can control, right? To respond versus react and to be able to notice what's really going on with me and shift it. That's transformation. Absolutely. And, you know, and it doesn't have to take 20 years of meditation in a cave or $30,000 worth of programs, you know, it, and it, it is accessible. And so that's one reason I was so excited to get to do this with you because there's still a million things I'm learning, you know? Oh. And and from and same same with you. Uh, the the things that spark in my mind when we chat with each other, and the way we can kind of riff off each other, it, the thing that you were just talking about about stories, helping people with their stories. Well, one of the things that we're able to do as humans, this guy, it's a, there's a book called Sapiens, and he talks about fiction and our ability to create fiction in our mind. <laughs> And what you were hitting on was, I'll tell you, I was at the subway a few weeks ago waiting for the train. The train was running late. And to an outside observer, they just saw a woman who looked like me standing on the subway platform, looking at her phone, occasionally looking up at the timer a few times, you know, the, the thing that lets you know when the train's coming, and then occasionally having a bit of a frown on her face. That's the only action that took place. Inside, what was going on was the following oh boy, why is the train late? I've got to meet with a client. I better text her and let her know. Well, she's a longstanding client, so this should be okay. It shouldn't be bad. Maybe I took the wrong transportation. I probably should have taken something else. That is so stupid of you. How can you do that? Oh my God, there's a couple right there. They're French speaking and they have two huge suitcases. I bet they're from Paris. Oh my God, our public transportation system is so bad. Their public transportation system is so much better. I feel like I want to go over and apologize. Well, you know what? Maybe what I can do is make myself look really, really pissed off so they can see that I, as an American, am very upset with the failure to invest in infrastructure. Are you exhausted yet? <laughs> you know, it was just who appointed me the UN? But 
but that it, it, those are the things that go on in our brain. And so what could I, once I realized what so I was doing. Great. Oh my God, I have to go make an apology to the president of France because the subway was late. Right. So what did I do mentally? Now the brain uses 20% of your body's energy that our brain, however big you think your brain is or little, it uses 20% of your body's energy. That's exhausting. Right. That's not even like, a, a, you know, a great fiction that gets me more energized. It all it did was make matters worse. And by the end of the day, I was exhausted, you know. And so these are the things and to learn to distinguish the things that are going on in your mind, because sometimes good things are going on in your head. You're analyzing something. You're making a good judgment on something. But also when that starts to happen to say, oh, Kath, you know what? You win. You've been here before. It's okay. You don't have to go down that road. And it saves you a ton of energy. It's so great. And to me, that's like reframe, right? Like, <laughs> like okay, so you went down the you went down the tunnel of UN ambassador, and but then you can go, okay, well, well, let's reel it back. And then if you can laugh, right? Like we're still human. We can keep taking courses and grow and evolve, and that's awesome. And we're still going to be human. Um, I'm going to share a story really quick, if, if I may. So I was invited to this Saturday morning um, workshop. And even though I was in Nashville, I was upstate. You know, it's been a very busy time. One of my clients just moved and, and, and um, you know, just doing a lot of different things. And um, I, I, gracious, I was so excited to go to this workshop and... And I had said I might have to leave a little early. And of course, 11.15, I'm getting frantic calls from my painter and my wood person and, and my, you know, my realtor. And, um, you know, and I, at some point I said, you know what, I'm so sorry, ladies, I'm going to have to leave. And I had a great time while I was there. And, um, and I left quietly and quickly and tried to be not very disruptive, but the dialogue on my head was, oh, God, are they going to think I'm a diva? Are they going to think that I don't, I really don't care, that I just got what I needed to come get and just left? And, you know, I, I had this whole, like, judgment about myself and worried that they were going to think that I was a selfish um, diva. And, and then, I, so, you know, so that's in my head. And then I had to deal with landlord stuff, you know, assistance stuff. So the next day I called the person to say, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I'm sorry that I had to leave. And this person goes, I was just happy that you could come at all. Cause I know so much is going on in your life as a landlord. And I was like, <laughs> and, and again, like it took courage for me to call her, to thank her considering there was that in my head because in my head, if I listened to my head, she might've been like, well, you let, you know, so it did take courage for me to call and thank her. But then it was like, Oh, it, and that conversation in real time disappeared the conversation in my head. And so that's another thing that I hope that we can inspire is clear communication. Because let me tell you, 
I was laughing Saturday evening. This woman works for an amazing training communication company, and we were laughing at how bad their communication is. And I have found even communication coaches and consultants who do it professionally for gazillion dollar lawsuits and corporations, they have, they're missing communication skills sometimes. So it's, again, that's, you know, like all this training and development, and yet sometimes the cobbler's kids have no shoes. Wow, that's, yeah, that's, I love that. The cobbler's kids have no shoes. And, <laughs> you know, I think it also speaks to having what you start to do as you curate your life, because I think that word's really, really important for any number of reasons. But as you start to curate your life, you're surrounded with more people who are more aware, more able to respond, more able to recalibrate, um, shift. And so in that instance, if it were another time in your life and you called that called a person who was hosting the seminar, you might have gotten that response of, what? I can't believe it, you little prima donna, why did you leave? What starts to happen is you start to build a life with people who are better able to communicate and mm. able to recognize and who are more more of a uh, what you call a growth mindset of sort of understanding that I was so glad to have you because your presence as an individual having you there makes a big difference it's, it's a mission and an understanding of being human we're not going to always arrive on time so <laughs> can have a thing if it's late. I mean, it, you know, you can have your own belief that it's important to arrive on time. I live in New York City. I don't know what's going to happen with the train. Sometimes I leave an hour and I get there in 30 minutes. Sometimes I leave 45 minutes and I get there in an hour. There's almost no way to tell. And so um, you, you have to start to get a little bit more flexible. As a hiring manager, you know, if somebody arrived late for something, I was more interested in how they handled the being late mm. than being late itself. That's great. That was more interesting to me. That's so great. This this one comic used to talk about how he was always late and he'd be like so dramatic when he finally got to work. <laughs> like he would just be so dramatic and angry. People were like, okay, okay. Like, <laughs> but after a while. Anyway, well, that's awesome. Um, God, there's so many more things I want to talk about, but I, I, I think it's good to keep it kind of tight. Do you think? Yeah, I agree. I would like to talk about, so, you know, that was our topic today. Um, reframing, learning to catch yourself, pulling yourself out of the toilet or however you want to call it. Um, I would love to talk to you. I, I think it's so fun to always hear what you're up to. I call it the cultural corner. Mm. Do you have anything you want to share? Like you talked about that cool museum you went to or the cool concert. Oh, you know what? Uh, so I'll talk about finding peace at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> and it's very brief. I went to go see a Pentatonics concert. They're an acapella group and they're really, really wonderful. And I thought, why are they playing at Madison Square Garden? I mean, that's huge. It's a huge venue and I'm not a fan of big venues. What I realized when I got there that this was their life's dream to be able to do it, whether it worked well or not. And they were so happy to be performing on that stage. Mm -hmm. So that was that was good. But it's Madison Square Garden. You know, you expect people to pull jerseys over their head and start punching each other out, right? Like that's what it's there for. And so 
this woman came on, her name is Rachel Platten, and she has a song called Fight Song. It's this is my fight song. Da, da, da. It, it was a very popular, very popular song for a while there. And it catapulted her to fame. It also catapulted her to a new sense of insecurity because she was just like, how do I do this? How do I, you know, for years I've been struggling and now I've become famous. And so she had just had a baby and was up on the stage, not like right before the stage, but she, like the child was like four months old. But she said to the audience, you know, just a few hours ago, I was breastfeeding my baby, and I thought to myself, how the heck am I going to get on the stage and do a performance? I don't know how I'm going to do that. And here I am. I'm in Madison Square Garden, and this woman is sharing this with me, and I am thinking, I've got goosebumps. I'm near tears. Then she launches into fight song, and at one point, she holds the microphone out, and the entire place is singing back to her. Oh. And you could just feel that energy. And I just thought, I cannot judge. Who knows what I'm going to experience? And that this person, by being raw and open about that, only engendered feelings of love. And it was a beautiful experience. Wow. Wow. I love it. Thank you. Like, you you stayed open. Right. And you had a magical time in this huge, crazy, loud, insane venue. I love that. Right. And Judgmental Kathy was also in present. Like, don't get me wrong. It's like, oh, really? You call these seats? Well, you know, I mean, it, like, you know, it, it, it's not that. It's just that allowing the other voices to surface, you know, she's. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. How about you, my dear? Tell well, me. mine is, um, it's so funny. I want to like, mine's not as good. That's what I was about to say. So, ha ha, I caught it. So, you know, I, I, I was in this whirlwind of upstate and landlord in Nashville. And I came back and um, I helped my client throw this barbecue together and it was last minute. Of course, my ego was like, well, you should have been, there should be a hundred people, you know? And I just kept saying, whoever shows up is perfect. And the weather was like, when you feel like you're in a movie Saturday, like it was like the sun was sun, but it wasn't humid and the breeze on your skin, you know, it was like those times. And we sat around this beautiful table in this magical backyard and we just talked. I think there were 12 of us. We visited and we had real and raw connections. And it, some of the people that I do um, spiritual work with, but a couple people who don't, but it was just magical. And we had everybody participated and it was just this, really lovely connection. And it made me think about my grandparents when they used to go visit. We're just sitting around visiting on the porch. And it was, it was so unexpected and it was like simple, but joyful. And, you know, again, I'm so glad I could sort of check my ego at the door. Thank you for sharing. Um, because if it had been busy and full, I wouldn't have, I would have had to keep working. And it was just such a lovely, lovely time. And my client was, she was so happy. So I could have easily been like, well, I can't believe so-and-so didn't come. And, you know, and you know what? This was her send-off. So it was, you know, being able to enjoy simple, unexpected pleasures is such a gift. 
And, you know, you couldn't do that in Texas because it would just be too darn hot in June to sit outside. <laughs> That's so wonderful that you had the perfect weather and it was it was something that was meaningful and you didn't have to make it meaningful. You created the conditions and they emerged. And people showed up and they emerged. Ooh, ooh, that should be a theme for another time for sure. Okay, awesome. Well, this has been a blast. If people want to know more about you and your fabulousness, how do they find you, Kathy? Oh, um, com, and it's Kathy with a K and Keegan with a K. And Keegan is K-E-E-G-A-N. That's right. Yep. Okay, cool. And just and so you coach individuals? I do. And so my mission is to end needless workplace suffering one person at a time. And so the people I work with are people who are not being heard or they're in management positions where they have to make big decisions and there's no one they can talk to about it because everybody has kind of a stake in the action. As a coach, I don't have that same stake in the action. And so my training is about listening and asking questions and helping you think things through. Mm. She's also been really helpful with people, helping them not suffer if they want to stay in their job and helping them sort of be empowered instead of like, ah. right. or if they get really clear, you know what, I, I have to leave before I stab somebody or whatever. Exactly. You help people leave empowered so that there are no bridges burned and that so you can get the best severance package or whatever. Right. So, so you, can, you, bring, you can bring your whole self to work this way. And um, I teach you ways to be able to pivot and navigate in the workplace and, and to reserve your energy and not leave like, uh, you know, uh, exhausted every day. Or storming out, or oh, right. being the UN ambassador to France, or all that stuff. So exactly, yes, awesome. And Elaine, how do people get in touch with you? Well, um, they can go to Captivate the Crowd. That's Captivate with a C and Crowd with a C. Um, dot com. That is my website. I am also there's a lot of Elaine Williams, so I think Captivate the Crowd is probably the easiest way to find me. I am starting a group program soon, and I do individual consulting. I'm actually having um, helping a new client with a TED Talk. Oh, that's oh. awesome. Congratulations. So fun. So fun. But this has been a blast. We hope that you will subscribe and rate us and tell people about us because our goal is to share our wisdom, you know, learn from our mistakes, kids, with our unpodcast. <laughs> that's it. You can make your own creative fun mistakes in business or at, on the job. Right. And okay. just to identify, right? Yeah. You're not alone. And there's a lot of stuff people don't talk about, or maybe they did, but you didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, so, Elaine. Thanks so much. This was a blast, everybody. Thanks so much. And we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Yay. You made it to the end. Thank you so much for listening. We're so excited you were here. Feel free to reach out at stillhumanpodcast at gmail.com or Kathy at kathykeegan.com or Elaine at captivatethecrowd.com. See you next time.